Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So you just never know what the day is going to throw at you. So I think most of you are aware, but uh, Pastor Brian had sort of an episode in the first service. And they found out that he was dehydrated and had low blood pressure, but never lost consciousness. And as far as we know, is doing just fine. But uh, as I told the people in first service, this is his sermon, and I don't know what's in it just as much as you do, although I know a little bit more because I did preach it first service. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, our prayers continue to be with him, but I I think he's going to be just fine. So It is good to be in the Lord's house with you. What a better way to spend your day than to gather in the Lord's house and to receive his gifts and to know that he has promised to be among us and meet us here and bless us. To gather together as the people, it is a blessing to hear God's word. It is a blessing to sing his praises. It is a blessing to offer up our petitions knowing that he hears us On account of Christ. Knowing that he hears us even before we call, but invites us to come to him anyway, as dear children do to their father. To give thanks for all that he does, all that he continues to do in his church. We truly do have a God unlike any other. And that's how Solomon begins his prayer in this episode, this historical narrative from 1st Kings. The dedication of the temple, right? A permanent structure for God to dwell instead of the tabernacle moving from place to place. And so Solomon declares, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, indeed. Why? Because you keep covenant. Show steadfast love, right? It's this chesed that we hear in the Old Testament. Mercy, faithfulness, steadfast love, right? All these things kind of rolled up into one. Keeping covenant, showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you. You have kept with your servant David, my father, what you declared to him, spoke with, and spoke with your mouth, and with your hand have fulfilled it this day. Now therefore, O Lord God of Israel, keep for your servant David, my father, what you have promised, saying, You shall not lack a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel if only your sons pay close attention to their way to walk before me as you have walked before me. That is how David did. Now therefore, O God of Israel, let your word be confirmed which you have spoken to your servant David, my father. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built. Yet have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his plea, O Lord my God, listening to the cry and to the prayer that your servant prays before you this day, that your eyes may be opened night and day toward this house, the place of which you have said, and here's the promise, my name shall be there, that you may listen to the prayer that your servant offers toward this place, And listen to the plea of your servant and of your people, Israel, when they pray toward this place. And listen in heaven, your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. 
So what's going on here? So Solomon acknowledges and praises God for fulfilling the first of many promises in regards to the temple. If you might remember, uh, God had given David rest from all his enemies, both internally and externally. Given him rest from all his enemies. And he now sat in a palace. He said, God's still dwelling in a tent. Right in a movable thing. I'm going to build him a house. I'm going to build God a house uh, what he deserves. And God's response is, no, you're not. (laughs) I'm going to build you a house. I'm going to build you a house. But your son Solomon will end up building the temple. Here it is. It happened. It's constructed. It's ready. It's up. Solomon praises and glorifies God for his faithfulness in keeping his promise to Solomon's father, David, that his son would build a temple and that God would dwell there. Solomon prays this prayer at the dedication of that temple, of the very first worship service in that permanent structure, that God's house, the temple in Jerusalem. But then Solomon says, okay, you've kept that one, let's keep another. Because part of building this house wasn't just the structure, right? It wasn't just the building. It was establishing someone to rule and reign over God's kingdom and his people for all time. And, of course, we know that the promise is taken a little bit too um, earthly, perhaps, by the kings. That as long as David's son paid close attention to their way, walked before the Lord as David walked, one of David's sons would sit before the Lord God on the throne of Israel. And that's where the problem lies, because... Out of David's sons, even beginning with Solomon, we see unfaithfulness. Unfaithfulness to Yahweh. David is pretty unique. There's a few handful of other kings, right, that walked before the Lord in faith. Didn't have other gods in terms of like worshiping Moloch and all those kind of other Canaanite gods, right? Uh, Solomon did um, with all of the foreign wives that he accumulated. And so many of the kings after were wicked and terrible. But even David wasn't perfect. We know that. It's not like David was without sin. We're not saying that. Even David was not perfect. David had his faults and his foibles. He faltered. We know the most famous episode of David where he lusted after Bathsheba, right? He coveted, lusted, uh, took her, uh, had uh, committed adultery with her, uh, got her pregnant, and then tried to get her husband to come home so to cover his tracks when that wouldn't happen, then plotted to kill the husband and did uh, in the line of battle. I mean, he didn't have a direct hand in it, but plotted and planned so that it took place. If even King David can't walk uprightly, a man after God's own heart, who will?
like I said, there were a few kings that were we could consider good kings, right? Good kings. You still got to put the air quotes around them. They're still sinners. But most of them were stinkers. Even King David couldn't walk in the ways of the Lord perfectly. How would his sons? The answer, they didn't. They didn't. Until something amazing happened. David's son. Yet David's Lord was born of the Virgin Mary. Right? Lived a perfect life. Suffered and was crucified under Pontius Pilate. Was killed. He died. He was buried. In came this Jesus. And then rose from the dead. Will God dwell on earth? That's a rhetorical question. You probably know that throughout the worship history of Israel, God did dwell with His people. Promised to be present in certain places, right? Tabernacle was one of them. His glory filled that. Glory filled the temple. He has been with His people as they come to worship, right? Has a history of that. But will God dwell on the earth? Well, He fills it, right? Everything. But will God dwell on the earth? Well, in the person of Jesus Christ, He did. Jesus is truly Emmanuel, God with us. David's Son and David's Lord is born as foretold and is truly God with us. And we know He would walk perfectly, right? Not like the rest of the kings did. Fulfilled everything written in the Scriptures. Israel reduced to one. Faithful as a servant. Even the suffering servant pointed to in the Scriptures. Faithful unto death. Even death on a cross. It's a different kind of kingdom, isn't it? Different kind of faithfulness than maybe what we're used to. But He did it to establish a rule and reign that lasts forever. For you, for me. So that we might not just have life, but eternal life. And of course, He did that for King David, King Solomon, for Israel, for all of mankind, for you and for me. And appeared to many. And trusted to those who knew Him best to pass on His teaching, to pass on the things that He commanded them to do, and to continue to grow and establish His church, which we are very thankful for today. And it is Jesus who is ruling and reigning over it all. The kingdom of power, the kingdom of glory, right heaven, and the kingdom of grace. His church. Today we gather to celebrate 40 years of God's faithfulness to His church here at Beautiful Savior. And we thank all the people who have come out, uh, people who have, have been instrumental in, in the history here. And we thank you for celebrating that with us. But as we go through 40 years and as we remember the faithfulness of the members and, and all their work and, and the things that they've done, uh, we have to remember 
one thing that's primary, because uh, without that, we, we have nothing. And that's God's faithfulness to us, right? First and foremost, His faithfulness to us. At times we know we've broken His commandment to keep the Sabbath, the Lord's holy day. We've broken all the commandments, but whether it was just because we didn't feel like going, or once we were here, maybe we did come, but we didn't gladly hear the Word of God and learn it, right? We didn't embrace it. We didn't realize it's His elective activity to us saying, I choose you. To receive my salvation, I choose you. To be conformed to the likeness of my son, I choose you. I choose to kill the old Adam in you so that the new man may rise to life again in purity and stand before God in purity and righteousness forever. Right? We have all necessarily, maybe some days, been in our places, but maybe our heart just wasn't in it. And then there's times when we're just overcome and we can't really deal with seeing others, perhaps, right? Facing challenges, the unknown. Hey, today was a good example. We face times when a loved one can become severely ill or an addiction disrupts or destroys relationships or death comes in unexpected ways. Life throws us a curveball. And maybe we're mad at God and maybe we don't want anybody else to find out. and Maybe we don't want anybody to ask us about it. That's when it might be most difficult to come and take our place and sit with a smile on our face when everything is not all right. Right? But that's when we need to hear God's promise the most. We need to hear it. In our second reading for today, God makes a promise. And the Apostle John records it. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be His people. God Himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I have good news for you. Jesus has fulfilled this promise ahead of time, not without remainder, but is still there today to wipe away tears, to forgive sins, to strengthen faith, to dwell with His people, to give them hope amid all circumstances. And because of Jesus, we live in the now and not yet. We have these promises now, yet not without remainder. But one day we will. One day there will be no more illness, no more addiction, no more death. But He has already begun that work of life in us. He's here to take our sin, our sorrow, our shame, our burden. He's here. In the confession and absolution that you heard this morning, we take our sin, we give it over to Him. It's the only thing we can do. 
We try to hide it. We try to stuff it. It just eats us up inside. It does us no good. Can't get away from it. God knows it's there. We hand it over to Jesus. In just a few moments, His love and mercy for you will be given to you in the presence of His Holy Supper as He comes to us in His body and blood for the forgiveness of sins and strengthening of our faith. It's good to remember that God is with us in the person of Jesus Christ. We don't see Him. We might not feel Him. But He has made a promise. And He was faithful to David. And He was faithful to Solomon. And He'll be faithful to you. We need the repentance and forgiveness that God provides. Because quite frankly, we make kind of a mess of things. But even though we make a mess of things, it is good to remember that God keeps His promise. And so we continue to come here to remember that even if two, right? We sang it in our hymn. Right, God? It's not like Jesus is like, you know what? I I think I'm going to cancel the show. You know? (laughs) I'm going to cancel this morning. No! Wherever two or three are gathered in His name, there He is in their midst to bless them. When His Scripture, when the Holy Scripture is read to us, He is there. He pours out His Spirit so that we can be enriched and that we can share it with others, right? That's what we do as a church. Share one another's joys and bear one another's burdens and walk together in the Lord. If you think about it, in the days to come, right, there'll be more people sitting in their places with smiling faces. If you go backward, if you go back in time, right, can you picture those loved ones, your loved ones, that are now departed and are with the Lord? Can you remember them and their smiling faces sitting in their places in the church? I can I can remember the joy that was theirs. When Christ comes again, think of it. We will be with the saints in all times and all places. Those people who came before us, those people who will come after us. There will be so many more of us sitting in our places with bright smiling faces. Both now and forevermore. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God that until that time, we know where to come, where God has promised to bless us until we see Him face to face. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guards our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.